0: Fallout, a news podcast for geeks by geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland.
1: Well hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks. Geeks. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and joining me on the line for Geek Followed, first up, Lillian Knelson. How's it going, Lillian?
2: We are amazing on this geeky evening. Yay!
1: Excellent. And last but not least, we have Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kev?
3: It is going well, Chris. Almost COVID-free. Excellent. Excellent. That
1: is good. Um... All right. Well, unfortunately, we're going to start this episode with another In Memoriam segment.
2: Um, uh, I'm getting tired of these because they always make me cry for some reason or not. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I, I guess because we're getting older. Like, this is just happening. To me, it just seems like it's happening more and more. But I guess because I'm getting older, you know, all these the people that we care about are getting older. Yeah. It's just stupid. Yeah. So, first up, actually, both of these actors uh, are Trek veterans. They've done guest appearances on Star Trek. First up, we have David Warner, uh, who passed away at the age of 80 from a cancer related illness. Um, he played Go Madrid. Like, that's, you know, I don't know. Hit. People are asking me, what, what do I think is most famous Star Trek role? I would say probably Gol Madred, because he's the guy that tortured Captain Picard. There are uh,
2: four lights.
1: Yeah. Um, great actor. But he was also Chancellor Gorkon in uh, Star Trek 60 Undiscovered Country. He was the human ambassador in uh, Star Trek 5 The Final Frontier. Um, and, I mean, he's been in so many other shows, like he was on Titanic, uh, the movie. Um trying to think. I mean, he did an episode of Babylon 5. Um,
2: he did a lot of also things, like in the new uh, Mary Poppins movie, he played Admiral Boom, so uh, like, I was surprised to see him there. I'm like, hey, look. Yep. Hello, how you doing?
1: And he did a lot of voice work, too, I believe.
2: Oh, he did, yeah. No, he was in a lot of video games um, here and there, and, and it just he just has such a wonderful voice, though.
1: He did, yeah. Yeah.
2: And I mean, because he was British, he was in a lot of British shows. So, like, he popped up randomly throughout everything when it came to, you know, Midsummer Murders or, you know, any of those, like, masterpiece shows over there. Um, and it just, he was in everything. He was in Miss Marple. He was just, he was just a wonderful old man.
1: Yep. Yeah. Great actor.
2: And he was the voice of, uh, in the Men in Black series, he was the voice of Alpha and I'll just I'm pretty sure. That one surprised me because I didn't watch it, but I'm pretty sure my husband did. So, yeah. And now I'm sad again.
1: Yeah, and last but not least, uh, another Star Trek guest star, uh, Paul Sorvino. He died at the age of 83. I don't know the cause of death, unfortunately, Um, but he he did pass away. Uh, His Star Trek role. Is he played? Um, oh, well, he played Worf's adopted brother, um, Nikolai Rodjanko. um, So yeah, in the season seven episode, uh, yeah, he he played uh, Worf's brother. So and of course he you know was in so many other things. He was in Law and Order. Um, he was in Dick Tracy the movie. Uh, the Rock is that's here. That's where I
2: first met him. <coughs> and that's Rock is here. That was one of my first evers
1: Yep. Yep. fellas is probably I would say his most famous role. Um. Yeah, such a great actor, and the father of Mira or Mira? No, Me, Mira Mira, Sor, Mira Sor- Sor- Sorvino. Um. So she was, I forget which one she. She was that movie Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. She was the one that was acting opposite Lisa Kudrow. Um, that's Paul Sorvino's daughter. So, yeah, unfortunately, yes, he, he passed away at the age of 83. Um, all right, so moving on from In Memoriam. Uh, I don't know if you, if you guys paid attention to the news or, or anything like that, But right now, this is pretty big in Canada. Uh, The Pope is in Canada. Um, So the reason why I bring this up is because yesterday um, he attended a a pilgrimage, um, which is actually only like a 45-minute drive from where I live. So the Pope is only like 45 minutes from me. Um, And that pilgrimage that he attended, the one that was by the lake and stuff, Um, I used to go to that with my, with my granny, uh, when I was growing up and I still go to it every, you know, it's been a few years, like COVID kind of shut it down, but I was, you know, I tried to, to make an effort to go out there, um, because of my grandma. She was, uh, you know, not a super strict Catholic, but she did go to the Catholic church from time to time. Um, she really believed in, in, you know, the Catholic faith. So having the Pope <clears throat> so close um, was really I don't know really cool to me, you know, because it really made me think about my grandma. You know, unfortunately she she died in, in 1984. Or sorry sorry nine or sorry 2004 she passed away. But I the reason why I say 1984 is because that was the last time when Pope John Paul came to Canada. He also came to Edmonton during that visit, and I remember my granny, like, was, you know, to the moon and back, she was so excited that, that, you know, he was in Edmonton, um, so, anyway, it just, you know, having the Pope in Canada, um, you know, being so close to where I am right now, really made me think about, uh, my grandma a lot, and, um, yeah, I know, I know it's not really geeky related but... Uh, to me, I was geeking out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, all right. So let's move on to some San Diego Comic-Con news. Um, oh, did, did, did things happen? Yeah, a few things, few things happened. Uh, the,
2: a few, just some just minute details dropped about randomness, you know.
1: <laughs> so, So the few things that I took away... Um, And then I'll I'll turn it over to you guys. Um, Kevin Smith is asking fans to come back to Masters of the Universe. Um, Because for those who don't know, he received a lot of backlash um, for Masters of the Universe Revelations um, because uh, it had been leaked that... He was going to kill off He-Man and that it was going to turn into the Tila show and this one you know, podcast um, YouTube um, podcast they, they're the ones that ran the story and he basically called them liars and you know basically told them they're full of shit and then it turned out that they were right and then he never issued an apology uh, a lot of podcasters slash YouTubers slash Masters of the Universe fans were upset with Kevin Smith and and his take on, on He-Man um, and then he was doing interviews where he was saying that he was a fan of the original series but then when people were listening to his podcasts from years ago and he had said that he was not a fan of Masters of the Universe um, but I guess when Netflix gives you like a bunch of money uh, you become a fan of of whatever they're paying you to do um, so he's just he's he would re-
2: not have passed my genie test
1: no <laughs> I, I, I don't think no. he would no and, and so he's asking for fans to come back um, <clears throat> and he promises that he man will be in every episode next season so we'll see um, like my take on it what he did with, uh, Revelations, I think that's what it's called, Revelations, um, yeah, he, he did a bait and switch, uh, I didn't really like what he did there, um, especially when you, you know, because, you know, spoilers, he, he kills off Skeletor for a good chunk of the show, uh, and Mark Hamill was so great, like, he did such a good job of Skeletor, I wanted to see more of that, um, The animation looks good. Everything looks great. Uh, I did not like Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila. That was the only voice that really threw me off because I just heard Buffy, I think, every time she talked. Um, So I I, I didn't really like her, but the rest of the voice cast was good. Um, The animation was great. They just need to work on their story. So hopefully... You know, he he takes some of the feedback, and I'm uh, normally
2: a Kevin Smith diehard fan. Like I will swear by anything Kevin Smith normally, and so that was a huge like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I for the most part, I'm a I'm, I like Kevin Smith, especially his early stuff. Um, some of his later stuff, like he did that uh, cop out movie, I didn't really care for that. and, and to be honest, I'm never I wasn't a big fan of dogma like I know a lot of people love it I just didn't silence
2: like, no nope, we are not nope. Shush! Shush! yeah I just, it just it, it was not
1: not my cup nah. of tea but uh
2: <laughs> you do not talk bad about dogma no nah.
1: maybe maybe it's one of those I need to revisit cuz honestly I haven't watched it since I first rented it like when it first came out so that would have been like 99. I think you need
2: to watch it with someone else so you can discuss how beautiful it is with you know Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Selma Hayek and and Chris Brock and like it's so much fun and Jesus is an old guy who plays skee ball and Buddy Christ come on come
1: on yeah I uh, maybe I'll have to revisit it um. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry I will not your opinion is valid even if it is wrong.
1: Yeah, well I'm I'm not dumping on it. I'm not saying it was a you know hot piece of trash. It just it, it just wasn't for me. It's same with the, the horror movie he did. Red I think it's called Red State. It was okay. State, yeah. Well he's he's done two. Yeah, well the one with the little German dudes, that one was dumb. I I'm sorry. <laughs> like that was dumb. Look at me that one. you know, well, I like wasn't
3: it, even counting
2: that a horror.
1: Yeah, because it was, like, his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, like, basically just did, like, a movie for them. But I did like the Um, Jay and Silent Bob one. Like, I I thought that was fantastic. And I'm looking forward to Clerks 3. I really am. Sorry, Kevin. Go ahead.
3: No, no, sorry. Okay, so there was actually a big Kevin Smith discussion, like, uh, two weeks ago now, probably, with other friends of mine on Twitter. And it went on for, like, half a day, and I just had to bow out. I'm like, I got shit to do. I can't (laughs) keep coming in here defending him and throwing my opinions. (coughs) (coughs) So, sorry. That's okay. But um, overall, and I'm going to work Masters and other stuff into this, too. Overall, for my age um, and for where I was in different points in life, Kevin Smith is a little bit older than me, and mm-hmm. it's like he got to things in his head before I got to them in my head. Yeah. So by the time he got to it in his head, molded over for a while, and created the outlet of the movie to get those feelings out, by the time that movie hit, was the perfect time for me to see it because now I'm going through those things a few years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clerks and Molar rats with. Hey, I'm kinda stuck in this job and I feel like I'm too smart for the room here, too smart for this job, but I don't have another answer for what the hell to do with myself though. I don't know I I I don't feel like I'm supposed to be here, but I don't know where I'm supposed to be either though. Yeah. Um Chasing Amy. Hey, I'm starting to date or I'm starting to get serious with people and other people've had experiences in previous relationships and I haven't and I don't know if that makes me lesser in their eyes because of it, and I need to get over my own uh, feelings of inadequacy before I can move on with someone else. Yeah. Dogma. Hey, I was raised Catholic all my life, and as I get an adult and experience more of the world, there's a lot of holes that show up, and I'm not quite sure what to do about this. But there's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense as an adult when I'm not a kid having it drilled into me in church and school all the time. Yeah. And then, and then he becomes a dad, and Jersey Girl hits harder now than it did when it came out, by far. Um, Clerks Two is, hey, it's okay if this is where I am at in life. If I can surround myself with the right people, mm-hmm. I can I can be content with this life. It's. N- It may have not been my dream when I was a teenager, but it's a pretty good life if I'm with the right people. Um, uh, James Island Bob reboot there about a new generation, a new legacy, and, hey, maybe my time is gone, and instead of furthering my own story, it's time for me to take a step back and help someone else's story begin here. Like, there's just so much stuff that comes into it, and I appreciate it, and I'm, I'm waiting... I'm super curious about what Life Lesson Clerks 3 is going to teach me that I don't know is coming yet so I'm excited for it Yep. But all that said Kevin Smith uh, granted Kevin Smith is in the business of Kevin Smith (coughs) all the podcasts all the stuff the movies are derivations of stuff he's done before like yes there's it's a story of snake eating it's own tail thing but he continues to put out things that speak to me so I'm going to support it though yeah. Um, but the he's at his best when apologies but when he has his confidence out there mm-hmm. and when he's swinging it around and is like fuck you I'm gonna do my movie I'm gonna do my shit frequently it's his own money on the line anyways so I don't care yeah Masters of the Universe was not his money, no, and was not his thing. So I think some of the stuff, like I, I think some of his ideas, he didn't get to go as far as he wanted to with, or they got cut short by, Battelle or Hasbro, whoever. How long was that? Yeah. Or even by Netflix. Tila, Tila, absolutely is supposed to be gay in that series. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Her and her buddy there are supposed to be a couple, and it's. Very, very little implied, but like absolutely she was supposed to be. Um, I like Kevin Smith's point of hey, this cartoon since the eight in nineteen eighty three has been called He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. What if we took a look at the Masters of the Universe instead of just He Man? I'm like, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I had, I had all these toys and stuff for different characters. Let's explore those characters. That's not a terrible idea. Um, any, any mythological story, your hero has to die and come back. So if He-Man dies and comes back, sorry, he's just in the same level of myth as Jesus, you know, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Superman, like, yep. that's just Harry Potter. Like, that's just what happens with your heroic journey there. It's supposed to but I kind of feel like he got clipped at the end and a lot of this stuff that he's saying now oh, He-Man will be every episode, this will happen that'll happen I'm like, you're just, now you're playing to the fans you're not playing to the network or the owners and in between, whatever story you're trying to tell is serving too many masters and you're not of the universe even and Mm -hmm. you're not telling whatever story you want to tell here Yeah. so like I, I kind of feel like this upcoming season might not be as good and I, I really liked it despite his flaws I really liked it but I feel like he's going to be trying to placate the companies he's going to be trying to please the fans and he's going to be right in the middle and end up pleasing neither that and is, if he just sat yeah. down and said let me just get eight good shows done then it, those eight good shows would probably be good enough for both though now I don't know if you saw this though, but William Shatner is going to be a voice for the upcoming season. Yes, I did. I did see that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. They will not say who. Hordak would make a ton of sense. Yeah. Because it, it was implied that the evil horde, there was an the evil horde tease at the end of Revelation. So in yes, theory, they're yep. coming. Yeah. But all that said, nothing will compete with the She-Ra series. Which is the best of all these He-Man Masters reboot stuff? That she series is fantastic, and I'm planning on rewatching the whole thing again.
1: Yeah, I still got to watch that. It, it I, um, i never, I never watched it. I, my favorite by far um, would be the, uh, what might call it, uh, was it Nickelodeon? No, well, whoever did the 2002 series that that. I I love that series.
3: Oh, oh! Uh, uh, I don't think it was Nick. Was it Cartoon Network? Maybe Cartoon
1: Network. Yes, it was Cartoon. Network. Yeah, yeah. They did a fantastic job, and it unfortunately got canceled. And you know, but yeah, if, if you can find those episodes, those are those are great. Especially yeah, though because it only lasted a season and a half, unfortunately. But um, all right. Well, the last item that I have from Comic-Con is news about Star Trek Picard Season 3. Uh, the news is... Well, when I saw the, the little clip or whatever of this, of the series, I had, a few, I had a few questions. Um, like, why... Because apparently this is going to be a TNG reunion season. Like, this is supposed to be... This is being cited as being Season 8 of The Next Generation. Um... But why is Seven of Nine and Raffi in it if this is going to be a t and reunion? We don't need them. Like, I those are probably a couple of my least favorite characters. I really hate what they did with Seven of Nine uh, in Star Trek Picard. You know, they took an interesting character from Voyager and just made her an angry mess of a character. Um, so I kind of wish she wasn't there the rumor is supposedly they're going to have a Khan-esque female villain this season but it is not Sila. so it's not Yar's half-Romulan daughter, whom we have not seen since The Next Generation, even though Star Trek Online I guess she becomes the empress of the of uh, the Romulan Empire and so I don't know who this villain's going to be but Apparently it's a villain that we've seen before, but it's not Sila. And she's going to be up there with Khan. Um, I'm really hoping it's not the Borg Queen again, because I'm getting so tired of them using the Borg. and They're just not interesting anymore. Um, So we'll see what happens. Um, But, uh, YouTube video that I watched today, uh, was saying that Robert Meyer Burnett who uh, is the director of Free Enterprise and, and he, do, he does a, a, a YouTube podcast called Observations, he's a very vocal critic of new Star Trek um, apparently he has some inside information that is suggesting that this new season of Star Trek Picard is going to be what Top Gun Maverick was to Top Gun so to me because I've heard nothing but good things about Top Gun Maverick I haven't seen it myself but I everyone that has says it was amazing and uh, and a you know a perfect love letter to the original Top Gun so if he's saying this about season three of Star Trek Picard you know i'm I'm hopeful um because, like I said, he is a very vocal critic of New Star Trek. Uh, so if he's saying that this is going to be good, I'm, I'm very hopeful. Um, we actually used to have uh, Rob Burnett come on Trek 171 back in the day. Um, yeah, very, very awesome guy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens. I don't, like, just... Looking at the visuals, like because they showed all the all the cast members, I hate how old they made Worf look. Like Worf has like white hair now for some reason. You know, again, you know it's a continuity thing that bugs me um, with with new Star Trek because Klingons live to be very old. You know, like when in Deep Space Nine when we saw Kor and Koloth and Kang, this was like a hundred years after the events of their original series episodes, right? And, you know, Kor, for example, still had a lot of dark hair. He had some greys in there, but, you know, he, he didn't look that bad. Koloth, he had white hair, but, I mean, he might be a little bit older than Kor. Um, but my point is, Worf, at this age, shouldn't be all white. Like he should still look a lot like Worf would look that we remember from Deep Space Nine and from Star Trek Nemesis. Um, other than that, I think everyone looks good. You know, looks like Jonathan Frakes. You know, hit the gym and he he looks looks a lot <laughs> a lot more trimmer than he did in in season one of Star Trek Picard. And, um, yeah, everyone looks good. You know, so I'm I'm I'm. Optimistic, You know, in 2023, we're going to get a good uh, send-off, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, but Kevin and Lillian, what, what are your thoughts on Star Trek Picard Season 3? If you haven't. I
2: haven't watched the rest of one or two, so I have none.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, don't watch two. Right. <laughs> it's not good.
2: Sorry, right, Kevin. I have a weird question.
3: No, no, it's just... Uh... I mean, I kind of understand, because that's just the way TV and streaming is now, but it's not, you know, you are mentioned, like, oh, it's this is the character that's going to be the bad, you know, the, the antagonist for the arc and everything, um, why can't they just do episode of the week? Yeah, that's... Like, f- Next Generation was. Yeah, and uh, I
1: just, I wish they would have done that right from season one, you know, like, I wish we would have seen the Enterprise, you know, Picard, yeah, it's, it's, Picard being captain. You know, like I I I, I really don't know why they did went the route they went.
3: And, and I mean, yeah, you can have like subplots in the background. You can have small stuff building up, and, and then you know we get an episode down the road or or the season you know the season finale or whatever. But for the most part, most of Trek is episode of the week, you know, story of the week, bad guy of the week, whatever it, it might be. So, Picard doesn't have to be like this epic movie, pretty much. You know,
0: yeah.
3: If well, you want to do a movie, do a movie. One.
1: Uh, so I know we you know we can't turn back time, but I actually this, this would have been a good pop culture genie uh, scenario. <laughs> like they the, like in the final episode, like of the Next Generation, they set up that Picard has a has this. I think they call it aromatic something syndrome. Um, basically, Picard, like, he, he has this incurable disease that Dr. Crusher diagnoses. And she basically tells him, like, I mean, he, he can live, you know, another 25, 30 years, no problem. Um, but eventually, this will get him, right? And it is addressed in season one of Picard. Um, and their, their solution was to basically put him in an android body of himself but it's the android body ages and then season two they just kind of ignore it like that picard's an android now um it's not brought up it's you know it's kind of forgotten i think by the writers it was it was dumb it was absolutely dumb what they should have done was picard you know like they set it up in the final episode of tng Star Trek Picard season one should have been like, you know, Picard gets the news like, you know, you have six months. So Starfleet give gives Picard, you know, because he's still captain of the Enterprise, you could have Worf as first officer, Jordy's still there. You know, you can you could have Seven of Seven of Nine on the Enterprise as an officer if you want, if you want to get her into the show. Um and then basically, you know, Picard gets special permission from Admiral Riker to to um, basically clear up some things that he has to clear up before he dies. So each episode is Picard going on a mission to basically right or wrong, or, you know, to do something meaningful before he dies. And, you know, like, you could have the odd two-parter, but... You know, for the, for the most part, each episode is separate and have the Enterprise. Have, you know, like have you know, you could have you know, like the Borg Cube. You could have the you know, address the Romulan stuff. You could you know, like there's so like they had everything there to tell this amazing story, and then it all ultimately you know culminates with Picard dying. You know, and you know, like I don't need no special MacGuffin i don't need picard you know like let's build an android body no like just have him die you know because people die in real life and he has you know in this world a real disease you know and just you know like have it be his his final missions
3: but anyway you know no i i like this idea a lot um there's a there's a comic came out last couple of years that I really enjoyed. Uh, it's called No One Left to Fight. It's pretty much Dragon Ball with the serial number scratched off. Oh okay, yeah. But your your main guy discovers he's dying, and he does like one last trip around the world to see everyone. So he goes to the sites of his greatest battles, his greatest victories. He sees people he hasn't seen in a while. He's trying to you know um, close the stories for some people. You know, hey, I'm I'm sorry that I never married you. It's too late now. I'll always love you. I wish you best. You know, hey, you were a great villain. And, you know, I'm so glad to see that you turned good. And if we ever fought again, I'm sick now, so you'd probably beat me. You know, just like little things like that along the way. But you learn about the history of this character from their going away journey, pretty much. Yep. you, You learn all about the history of it. So yeah, you could have absolutely had Picard. Hey, I'm dying, and it's like, okay, I'm good. Everyone, go on the ship. We're gonna give them one last run. What do you want to do first? All right, I wanna, I wanna close this part of my story. Let's go here to talk to this person. Okay, cool. Yep. And something happens. You know, they 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 find a spy, they find a battle, they you know something happens to give some dr- drama. So, you know, something for them to help fix. Coco. Yep. You could also have people. You could have, like, Worf get on the ship, and he's like, yep, who's this? And he's like, oh, that's someone from another mission that I had, like, ten years ago. I'll tell you about it sometime. Yeah, And it's like, okay, well, ten years ago, we didn't have a Picard, anything, so he would have had an adventure. He would know other people. There would be other people on this ship yep. that can be new to us, new to the other crew, but still have some sort of background with Picard that we can play with later on. Like, that would be fun and interesting. They're familiar to, in the show to the characters, but they're not familiar to us yet. Yep. And just open stuff up. But yeah, I mean, you you run into someone you haven't seen in ten years, I would expect that they know new people in those ten years and have had new adventures. Oh, absolutely. And like,
1: I mean, one of the few things that they did do, right? I mean, like, you had the backstory with Raffi. You know, like, she was his first officer when he left the Enterprise to do the, you know, the Romulan mission. That was cool. You know, like, um, and then uh, also when Picard, you know, when he confirms his diagnosis, like he's in the final stages of this aromatic syndrome, he calls a doctor friend, and it's and it's the doctor from the Stargazer. Um, okay. So I, you know, like in in like in the first season of Star Trek Picard, which I thought was cool because we'd never actually met any of his uh, Stargazer crewmates on on the show. But it would make sense that he would stay in touch with them. And, you know, maybe Dr. Crusher is not available. You know, she's off-world, whatever, and, that you know, then that's, you know, his next best doctor friend that's on, on Earth, so it gives him a call. Like, you know, I, I like those things. I You know, I just wish that they had done more of that. You know, like, you know, I don't know. But anyway, hopeful for Season 3. Um. But yeah, like you were talking about this comic book, Kev, what, what made me think of it is, basically, if they would have done, like, all, like All-Star like All Superman, because that's essentially what, what yeah. All-Star Superman is. You know, Superman is basically poisoned by the sun in the first issue, and he knows he has a limited time, and he has to do all these things, you know, on his bucket list before he dies. And then he ends up, do- you know, saving uh, the world uh, by sacrificing himself. Like, I would love to see... You know, like, rather than the illness take Picard down, I would love to have seen him, like, you know, make that final sacrifice. But, anyway. um, I could ramble on and on, and I I shouldn't. Um, So, anyway. uh, Kev, or Lillian, uh, do you have anything from Comic-Con that piqued your interest?
2: Are we skipping over the elements in the room?
1: Uh, what's what? What elephant?
2: Well, they the Marvel Timeline was released at Comic Con.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I, you know, that's yeah, some of the Comic Con stuff, but I, I which, okay, but go, yeah, definitely we got to talk about it, but go ahead, well, yeah,
2: um, no, and then I was gonna say they also dropped the new Chris Pine the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which I like stupidly, uniquely hesitant, but I love seeing people's comments being like, I really hope one of the characters dies, and then they meet up with a new character, who's that character, dressed up in a different outfit. (laughs) Like, that's that's never going to happen, but that'd be fantastic. Um, But it looks like a lot of fun, but that's something I saw at Comic-Con that made me happy.
1: Excellent. Yeah, the Marvel, all the Marvel announcements were pretty exciting. Um, You know, like the, the... you know, we've got two new Avengers movies coming out, which I guess are only going to be six months apart, which is cool. Uh, you know, Thunderbolts, you know, Fantastic Four finally get, gets announced. It sucks. you got to wait till November 2024, but I understand them wanting it to be in a year with a four in it. That makes sense to me. Um, no, I, you know, a lot of people are, are you know, shitting on, on Marvel. Um, you know, saying that, you know, they're doing too much. Um I say I, I, I'm 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 all for it. I, I you know, I don't have to love everything that they do, but I do love a lot of what they do. Um I'm super excited that Daredevil's coming back and they're gonna be doing Born Again. Like that is amazing. That is so awesome. And apparently he's gonna be in um She Hulk. He's going to show up in She-Hulk, and he's also going to be in the Echo series with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. So, yeah, I, I, I'm all for it.
3: Kevin, wh- what are your thoughts on all the all the Marvel stuff? All right, um, I'm I'm still trying to figure out where everything's going to fit, and I know that they said now this is the multiverse saga. Yep, and that makes a ton of sense. Um. I'm guessing they're going with the more modern Secret Wars and not the 80s Secret Wars. Yeah,
1: probably, yeah.
3: Uh, I didn't realize there was a Kang Dynasty story. I missed that along the way, but the more that's explained to me, the more I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how a lot of stuff's working in here. hmm Because the, the Kang Dynasty story is mm-hmm. Kang and his son, uh, Scarlet Centurion, I believe, and this epic battle. Yeah. Um, If I recall correctly, uh... Kang gets the Atlanteans... And the Deviants on his side... So there's... Black Panther 2... And there's the Eternals... Finally coming back in as well... Mm -hmm. And the battle is so big... It takes place in space... On Kang's ship and on Earth... So there's your two Avengers teams... Um i don't know if if we're going to the secret wars after if kang does something if a different Kang because there's many different versions of kang throughout the timeline Mm -hmm. throughout the universe so anything (coughs) could happen there um my personal guess is we get doom i think we get doom in black panther Wakanda forever i think we get him as post credit um Fantastic Four obviously at the start of this and I think Doom is the catalyst for Secret Wars that he reshapes the world in his image that's yep. our end scene, we go to Secret Wars um, but there's so many different heroes from so many different levels and so many we've we've only seen once that it's like okay they're on the board but why are they here Yeah. and then the more I got looking into it, I think uh so Nick Fury was clearly our go-to person there for the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. Right there in our, you know, the first post-credit scene, getting the team together, manipulating things, knowing more than let on the whole time. And I think for this, it's been there all along and we haven't seen it. But I think Wong is the Nick Fury for the multiverse saga. Yep but Wong has had interactions with many, not all yet, but many of these characters and many of these stories that we've seen along the way and it, it's done in like this comical way or, hey, come on, come along and, you know, discuss things with me and all. And it's seen more joking when really it's him as the through line connecting all these characters. So when something happens, which the Sorcerer Supreme would know something's coming, like Tang. He's already got all of his connections to these people along the way. He's even in the She-Hulk trailer. Yep. So he's got all of his connections to these people that he can be the focal point to pull them all together and get everyone on board for the the big battle at the end here. Well, and um,
1: the, and what I think a lot of people forget, um, but can or um Ken, uh, Juan Really is the unsung hero of Endgame. Um, yeah, because he's the one that brought everyone there. Like he was the one no. that you know, th- you know, Strange. He f- you know looked into the fourteen million different versions and found one that where it would win, where they would win. And he had to let juan know, like you need to do this. This you know we'll be gone for five years. You know, don't let the Avengers do their thing. You know, they'll bring us back, but we have to be ready for this big battle that's going to happen. So you're going to have to, you know, get all these sorcerers. We're going to have to open these portals. You're going to, you know, like people, you know, I've heard people say, like, well, how, how did the Wakandans know to be prepared for this battle with Thanos? You know, how, how did the Ravengers know to be prepared? How did the, the Asgardians know to be prepared? It's because one knew, and he sent all these different uh, wizards to all these different places to open these portals to to um, get everyone there. And that's how Doctor Strange and them were able to open a portal all the way from Titan to Earth. Because, you know, people are saying, well, why didn't Doctor Strange do that in the last movie? Because he couldn't. He couldn't do it. Like, Juan, it took one, you know, you know, the better part of five years to be able to have that link to, to set all this stuff in motion, including being able to let Doctor Strange open a portal to come to back to earth like he couldn't have done that infinity war like they needed that that five years to set everything up and it was one that that did it but i don't know i guess some people didn't get that but i got it right away i i i knew
3: i knew Juan was the guy but yeah i could
1: totally see him being yeah like the the nick fury
3: going forward yeah he, he's he's the connection for all these characters. <laughs> And then, um, like, Thunderbolts, I'm pretty sure, is also Dark Avengers, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're not doing the, the original Thunderbolts team by any means, but they're doing the, the later version, so I think we're going to see, like, I, I think our, our Avengers are all going to have uh, the villainous analogies in there as mm-hmm. Thunderbolts, and Some, something will probably happen that they turn good. But U.S. agents going to be in there's Cap, Yelena's going to be in there's Black Widow, Abomination probably is Hulk, um, you know, like I, I think there'll be characters we've met along the way that are there to portray the heroes who have left us mm-hmm. for the new versions of it. Um, and I'm super curious because he said there's there's eight more spots there in Phase Six, and they'll be announced. I don't know about all of them, but he said they'll be announced at this. D twenty three, the Disney one, in September. Um, there's not a mutants or X Men one in there. Mm-hmm. There's no Deadpool three, which we know they're working on already. Right. Yeah. I yep. mean,
2: I actually I didn't notice the whole um, X Men thing, which makes me now very sad.
3: Yeah, there's no Spider Man listed for it, but we know that there's going to be more. Um, there's an uh, there's supposed to be an Armor Wars show. Yes. On Disney Plus that yep. that doesn't have a base on there either. So there's a few things that are probably gonna be worked in there. Um, I saw a rumor today that uh, Tom Holland's gonna return in Fantastic Four. And mm-hmm. if they do Spider Man trying to be in the Fantastic Four and he leaves wearing the Fantastic Four suit and no shoes and the bag over his head. That would be awesome. I will, I will lose it. Um But then, with all these, I mean, I'm excited and whatever that D23 thing is, I'll be excited to see what the next (coughs) eight are. And I have a feeling they're going to sneak in some. Like, here's our official list, but I could see in a year, it's like, oh, by the way, here's a show coming to Disney Plus that we didn't tell you about beforehand. Oh, yeah. I could totally see stuff like that. But now I'm like, okay, if 1, 2, 3, or Infinity Saga, 4, 5, 6, Multiverse Saga, where the hell do you go for 7, 8, 9? Because you know they know the plan already. Yeah. You know they know where they're going next. So that's why I'm like alright maybe it wouldn't be Doom at the end because 789 being the Doom saga would be crazy uh, doing it as the Galact- as Galactus is coming would be nuts too mm-hmm. like that'd be a good one or my current guess based on um, the lack of it right now you could do 789 and set up Avengers versus Oxman as the culmination yeah And I could really see that. I think that that would be a huge one. Um, But I'm just, God, I'm so excited for all of it.
1: Me too. Me too. Um, My only complaint, not a a complaint, but the only thing I didn't really care for, is I really don't, and I have to watch the movie. Because maybe when I watch the movie, I might be like, actually, this works. Um, I didn't really like the look of Namor. You know, I was kind of, you know, expecting, you know, like the, the crew cut, you know, Mr. Spock ears, you know, just wearing a, a, you know, like a little speedo. But you know, I guess that, you know, like when I think of Namor, that's what I think. So he he just looked a little different to me. Um, but I might end up loving it, you know, you know, like the like Jason Momoa. You know, like I wasn't a big fan of the way he looked as Aquaman, but then when I actually watched him as Aquaman, I was like, hey, you know what? This works. You know, I'm actually glad they changed it for him.
3: Yeah, because I mean, like Aquaman or Namor being heavily influenced by like Pacific Islander and having you know the the battle gear and the tattoos and stuff like. That, that that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It really does make yeah. sense. But now they're both. Now it's like, okay, but how are you going to make them different, though? Because yeah. Aquaman and Namor are vastly different in the comics. Yes. Yeah. So no. how, are, yeah, how are you. Yeah, Namor. Yeah, so you need to make these movie ones be more different from each other. Yeah. And we won't know until we see, you know, because we haven't heard him speak yet. We haven't heard anything. Going on, so I'll I'll hold out. But Namor can't just be Marvel's Aquaman.
0: Yeah.
1: No, he's got to be, you know, because everyone loves Jason Momoa. This, like, Namor has to be a prick because he's just a prick in the comic books. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I apologize. I don't know if my microphone's picking up. My dog's barking. Um, but yeah, If, if it is, I apologize because they are barking right now. Um. Yeah, I. Saw the trailers for Black Adam and Shazam. I'm looking for I'm re, I'm actually really looking forward to Shazam. Um because I, I love the original Captain Marvel. Um and I, I like the first movie that they did. I thought, you know, it was very true to that to the character. I really liked it. The Black Adam movie, meh, you know, it's like I don't know. I, I like the rock. But he's just the Rock in a Black Adam movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I was like, "Whoa!" You know, he looks completely different. And you know, no, it's just it's the Rock. You know, being a superhero, I guess. I don't know. Um, And yeah, he, the Rock is kind of, or sorry, not the Rock. Black Adam is kind of the DC's answer to Namor. Because Black Adam's supposed to be a prick, and I just can't see Dwayne Johnson pulling off the prickness of the character. Um, because you know, Black Adam is real—he's an asshole. Like he, you know, and he's one. He and he doesn't. Well, traditionally he's a villain, but um, I know last—I don't know. How many years they've been trying to make him into a good guy, like an anti-hero. um But anyway, between the two movies, the, I'm I'm excited for uh, Shazam. I keep wanting to say Captain Marvel, but <laughs> and I, I'm actually looking forward to the to the Marvels that movie. You know, based on come uh, on, oh, yeah. everything that she did in Ms. Marvel, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her on the big screen. Um. But yeah, one YouTube video I watched. Brie, is it just my imagination or is Brie Larson getting like really skinny? She seems so skinny in, in you know, the. Ms. I mean, she's always
2: been small. I know that people made fun of her because when the Captain Marvel movie came out, there was a photo of her and it showed her from behind and they were talking about how different the posters and their promotional photos made her look. And I'm like, that's her normal body. Compared to what the promotional material had, like Captain Marvel's ass kind of thing, and so she's naturally a very small person.
1: Okay, so maybe maybe that's where I'm. Th- yeah, maybe in the movie, the first one, they made her look more curvy. I guess I I, I don't know. I just like when she showed up at, at the you know spoilers. Sorry, I should have said spoilers. But when she shows up in a mar- uh, more current Marvel project. Um, I remember thinking, man, does she look, she looks small. But, I mean, I mean, whatever, like, kudos to her if, 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 you know, that's just the way she is. Um, because I know some people in real life are smaller than they seem to be sometimes. Like, um, when I went to the Star Trek Museum in Vulcan, when they had it there, they had, uh, Captain Janeway's uniform, and Seven of Nines' uniform, and they're actually very small ladies, too. Like, Captain Janeway is really tiny. Or or was. Um, maybe she's not tiny now, but... You know, during Voyager, she was very tiny um, when I looked at... You know, like, when I was standing next to her actual uniform. But, uh... Yeah. No, she's still... Like, I mean, Brie Larson... Like, she's grown on me. I, 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 I find I like her uh, as Captain Marvel... And I, and I liked her in, when she showed up in Endgame. I thought she was in there just the perfect amount. Um, because she really is, you know, like Marvel's answer to Superman. So having her fly in and just, you know... She could have just broke Thanos' neck, like, immediately. But, you know, I'm glad they didn't do that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Marvels. I think it's going to be a, a good movie. Um... Alright, uh, anything else from Comic Con that caught your guys' interest?
2: Nope, not really. Not on this side, at least, Kevin. Like, got anything? Nope.
3: No, and, and very. There was nothing for DC. Like, Marvel absolutely killed it with those announcements, and DC's just like, hey. Yeah, we're, we're we'll still s- here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you. Yeah, yeah, we. Yeah
1: like with the whole flash debacle oh going actually on.
2: no no I'm wrong um that's okay I'm so dumb uh, I didn't know this I actually didn't notice this announcement was from Comic-Con so big comic news for DC actually uh, Batman and Spawn are doing a crossover yep. um that was announced at SD at San Diego Comic-Con Um, Batman and Spawn number one is a 48 page one shot special written by Spawn creator Todd McFarlane and drawn by Greg Capullo Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
2: and so I'm actually stupidly excited about this and I shared it, I know I shared it on my social media because I love Spawn uh, the comic con I was just at, we, I was looking through some old Spawn comics, and I was chatting with the guy about how I struggle with collecting comics because I like to start from number one, which is not possible. Um, and I need to actually like have like I need to get like a special. But Spawn is is something that I'm very grateful they haven't murdered as a movie yet. Like I love I love Spawn so much. No, that that's so.
1: cool. Um, I know they did a crossover in the 90s.
2: They did. They, yeah. they they did do a crossover. And so this one is, it looks like it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. And this I will definitely, I'm excited because it's the number one. Mm-hmm. So my brain automatically goes, I can buy that.
1: Yeah. No. It, and um, yeah. I saw the picture where it was uh, Todd McFarlane, Greg Capullo, and uh, Jim Lee. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping Jim Lee does some art for it as well because he's amazing. He's my favorite artist. But Greg Capullo is also amazing. Like, I mean, he. Started his career as a Spawn artist. He uh, pretty much took over for after Todd McFarlane on Spawn for many years. And then he uh, moved over to DC and did uh, Batman and Justice League. And he, he is an amazing artist. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that too, Lillian. I'm definitely going to be checking that out for sure. Um trying to think if there was any other news. Oh, I was going to mention Kev cuz you mentioned on our last episode of Geek Fallout about the Vince McMahon situation. Yeah. Um so now Triple H I apparently what
2: I was going to bring up I'm like are we going to talk about the wrestling news cuz you guys are big wrestling nerds so I'm surprised that well, you didn't jump on that.
1: Yeah, so yeah, apparently Triple H is taking over his duties as the creative officer. Which is cool, I think. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I just... Uh, I just find it funny that people are shocked that Vince McMahon's a slimeball. You know, it's like,
3: we, we all kind of knew this. So, um, on Friday... Uh, Friday after 4 o'clock, after the stocks were closed, Vince McMahon announces he's retiring. Yeah. So his daughter Stephanie and this uh, business guy Nick Khan that they brought in about two years ago are going to be co-CEOs Stephanie comes out Smackdown oh hey it's a new era and let's cheer for my dad as he goes away and all, we're all like alright weird <laughs> and then um, Monday I forget earlier this week I'll say mm-hmm. um, it comes out that WWE in their own investigation oh interesting wonder why they're doing their own investigation instead of waiting for someone else to uncover it yeah in our own investigation we have found 16 million more that Vince has paid out for various reasons that he now has to pay back or he has now paid it back or you know however the hell they worded it like alright so that's probably more hush money yeah, It'll be interesting to you know hear the details of that as it comes out. Him retiring almost definitely means either Wall Street Journal or HBO Real Sports is working on a story. Someone someone found more. Mm-hmm.
0: Someone found
3: more, and then they called up and they said, "Here's what we got. Do you have a comment?" And they went, "Oh shit, time to go." Um. They originally announced that the long, the guy who was in charge of creative of writing all the shows was going to continue. And then it was, it's a 50-50, and now it is Triple H is in charge of creative across the board. So Raw, SmackDown, and NXT.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, there's big pay-per-view on Saturday, so it's kind of tough to, you know, like that's been written and plotted and all. So all of us fans, our current guess is they're going to get through the pay-per-view. Uh, they already changed one match, though, so we think there something's happening Um, But get through the pay-per-view and then start, okay, here's the things that we like, we'll keep them going, here's the stuff we're going to change, and over the course of a few months, we'll see it. Um, Triple H, well, I've I've had issues with stuff he did as a wrestler, I've had issues with things they did. When he got NXT, which what happened was, they were all in a meeting talking about what they're doing for Raw, for SmackDown, our future, and he says, "All right, great, where are we going to find new people? Like once, once, the people that we're putting out there week after week when I retire, where do we find new people? Mm-hmm. And they said, put your money where your mouth is. Here's, you know, developmental. Here's your minor league. Yep. See what you can do. So, and he found tons of talent, and then he had his heart attack, and he had to step away. And they butchered what he had done, and so many people got fired and let go and all. And it really was like a slap in the face so now that he's in charge it's like okay when he had one show it was a pretty good show Mm -hmm. what can he what can he do across the board so us fans are very curious about it but also really waiting for like all right something more is coming out here and it's gonna be bad and i keep thinking and i've asked this question in, in my groups now i'm like people like the undertaker or steve austin like people that were close with vince must know that this stuff was going on yeah and just ignored it you know and i know i mean there's bad stuff about so many things uh different podcasts i was listening to about wrestling but um they're all they all live in la and they were like well we thought people knew Vince McMahon was awful and one guy made the point he's like it's like how we all knew Kevin Spacey was a horrible person before the rest of the world knew it's just we all knew, <laughs> yes. we assumed everyone knew <laughs> I'm like oh geez, there's, there's some stuff that's just like oh yeah we know that this person's bad but it's not my place to put it out there in front of the world Yeah. and if I can see that you know like I've, I've worked with shitty people but wasn't my place to you know be Behind them with a sandwich board and a bell, talking all about it, you know. Um, I am I am hopeful that wrestling will become fun again, and a lot of stuff that a near eighty year old person with uh, certain issues found was funny or interesting, and no one else did, Mm -hmm. will now be gone. Yeah, very hopeful, but. It's also like, it's tough to have this thing that you like a lot and realize that the person who created it is horrible. It, it, honestly, it, it's akin if we found out, like, that Stan Lee had, you know, paid off all these women that he did horrible things to. You know, then how do you still watch Spider Man and Avengers and stuff if he was a horrible person? Like, it's really similar to that. How do I keep supporting these shows and watching these people when. The creator is horrible and getting worse by the day.
1: Yeah, I guess it is kind of a unique situation. I was gonna say it's kind of like Bill Cosby, but I guess Bill Cosby doesn't have a show that's going on without him. Um, so you can't
3: really watch Cosby show now, knowing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one too, right? Like, cause I, I not that I watch Cosby reruns, but. I lo- uh, you know that place has a, that show has a special place in my heart. I used to love that show. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's tough. It you know, um, it's like uh, you know when that Michael Jackson documentary came out a few years ago, and people were upset about you know, you know the allegations, um, and we won't know the whole truth because Michael Jackson isn't. To defend himself anymore, and people are like, "Well, you know, how can I listen to his music?" It's like you can you can like the the content that this creator created, but not like the person, you know. If you have issues with them, because um, I mean, I still love Michael Jackson's music,
3: you know. Like my my thing for a lot of that stuff now has become. Um, how do I make sure that this person is not getting my money anymore? Mm, Yeah.
2: See, and that's how I feel about J.K. Rowling. Um, It's funny, because I was having this conversation with someone, I'm like, you know, I have lots of friends with different opinions on certain things Mm -hmm. that can be a little touchy, but when you have a giant platform that directly influences young minds and and people who have been far around for a while, I think there's a part where what your actions have such a, a huge impact so i mean i love harry potter i love the franchise my son's read the books eight, like eight times It got him through some really chaotic downtimes. but mm-hmm. i don't think i'll ever pay to go see another harry Potter movie like i just can't do that but at the same time i i still love the fandom but i just it's a really hard thing to do it <laughs> yeah.
3: is it is yep yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we will we will publicly talk about how I watch WWE things, but I'll, I'll say that I know that they don't get any of my money from it. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know exactly,
2: it, you find a way around yeah.
3: it. Yeah, and and one of my friends made the point forever ago. He's like, when I go to wrestling, I'm not gonna get a T-shirt with the company name on it. I'm gonna go to the person I like and get their shirt because that means they get the money. Yeah, because I'm buying a shirt with their picture on it. Yeah, I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm supporting the person that I like, that I'm entertained by, and not the giant company. Before I was like, you know, I can I can roll with that one.
1: Excellent. No, that that that's a good way of looking at it for sure. Um. Yeah, it yeah, it's a tough situation all around, but. Anywho, um, did either of you have any other news you wanted to discuss before I move on?
2: I think that's all my brain has for today.
1: All right, so we'll move quickly on to our brain candy segment. So this is the segment where where we talk about stuff that we're watching, reading, listening to, uh, whatever we're feeding our brain, and then if you want, you can make it a pick or a pan. Uh, So,
3: Kevin, what do you have this week for brain candy? All right. Where did I leave off last week when I was first sick? I, th- I think I had just done Moonlight.
1: Yes, you finished Moonlight. You were doing Stranger Things, but you were only gonna do an episode a day. Okay. And so I, you were you were d- doing Squid Games, but I think you stopped because it
3: was getting too dark. Nope. All right. So I finished I finished Moonlight. Okay. Um, I did off. All- I did all of Kenobi in a day. Nice. Yep. And Squid Game, I stopped watching like about a year ago, episode two, because it was so damn rough. okay. Um, yeah. But I, I finally went back and I finished all Squid Game in a day because everyone's like, episode two is the roughest. That is the roughest episode <clears> if you can get through that. And it's not even violent rough, it's just emotionally rough. Mm hmm. And, yeah, there there's other stuff in the show that's like, oh my god, and just, it hits you so hard, but nothing with the emotional weight that episode 2 has, except for and I'm not gonna ruin it if other people haven't watched there's one game where when you realize what the heck is going on for the one game, oh my god, it hit so bad. It mm. hurt, because you realize what was about to happen to half the people on the show, and that hurt. Yep. But, um, like Moon Knight I liked, Kenobi I liked, but Squid Game's the one that like for days after was still in my head. Like really thinking about it and But there's back, a lot that heart. afterwards
2: it only you know, until you have to see discussions you're like, oh oh. Oh
3: yeah Like like how um the any main character that was in episode two had their death foretold.
0: Hmm.
3: that one messed me up Things, all, all the quote main characters at the time that we see in episode 2, that rough one we see things happen to them in that episode that kind of foretell when they die in the show later on
0: yeah
3: huh. and I was just like oh my god it was there the whole time
0: yeah
3: hurt but yeah I mean and and I have serious problems with the ending I get it I understand it it's how we get to a second season which will make a fortune but there's certain things that I'm seeing like the sacrifice on the show and all and I'm just like you're such a fascinating character you're such a great main character I was with your journey the whole way but in the end you're still a shitty dad Mm -hmm. and despite everything else that changed in this and despite me cheering you on and all you're still a shitty dad in the end Yep. and that and that kind of bothered me I get what we're doing but it still kind of bothered me Um, I am doing Stranger Things uh, I want to savor it so I'm kind of doing like one episode at a time loving it I'm only like four episodes into season one and I'm like why did I not watch this and it kind of there's part of me that wants to like jump ahead to like the end or read an article to know that certain things turn out okay, mm. which is not how we're supposed to enjoy things at all. Yeah, <laughs> but but part of it, I'm like so tense and anxious that I just want things to work out okay. Yeah, that I get all worked up, and that's part of me only doing like one at a time. I'm like I'm I'm exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted from this because you know like the stuff with the mom. Holy shit! When, when no, no, Ryder is amazing on this. She is so freaking good. Um, But there's just certain things that are just so heavy on the show. And then certain, you know, just light, enjoyable 80s moments, too. Absolutely loving it. And, yeah, I don't know what took me so long. Um, Elsewhere, uh, I watched Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo, which guest stars Elvira and Bill Nye. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, it came out in 2000, and I I gotta look up. I don't know if I'm not paying close enough attention or what, but it's looking like the Scooby Doo direct to DVD movies have actually been connected, and there's been a, a subplot going on in the background for a while, hmm. and I didn't realize it, or they're pretending there was and just dumped it all in on this one. I'm yeah. not sure yet. So I got I gotta figure out the chronology, like what movies came out before and what came after, and is this actually. One long storyline because if it is well done for sneaking it in there. Yep. Um and I I grabbed two of these. No, wait, hang on. Okay, yeah. I grabbed two of these through work. It's Marvel's voices line. I grabbed the Women of Marvel one and the Pride edition. But they have one for African Americans, for Latino, for Asian, for whatever. And it's just short stories featuring characters from that group that are that are in Marvel Comics. Um, and then the women one is not only women characters but like women writers, women artists, women colorists, all that as a celebration Um, Pride one's super interesting, there's a lot of characters that have come out or been created or whatever over the years that I had no idea and I'm just like I remember when Northstar came out as gay and that was the biggest thing in comics and also the only gay character too (laughs) Mm-hmm. And now even in the comics, there's stuff where they're like, "Hey, I'm an I'm the X Men now, and I'm gay, and I was able to do that because of you, North Star. Like you helped me come out, and I, you know, I'm so glad for you. I'm like, wow, that's amazing that they're just tying it all in. Now he, you know, he was the first one in in our world, but he's the first one for them too. So now he's like a mentor for them. I'm like, that's super cool. Yeah, uh, women one is great." And then I also grabbed um, some Disney comics. I don't know if either of you have read any like Disney comics, but Disney's European output and American is vastly different. Like uh, one just Mickey Mouse trying to find a job and it's totally like nineteen thirties depression era. Yeah. But they the the like uh what's the heck's his name? Peg Pete and his crew, um trick everyone into drinking this coffee that turns them into zombies, and they work for free. <laughs> and it's beautifully drawn, it's so cool looking, it's such a fun story, and I'm like, this is not your standard Mickey. Like, Mickey Mouse cartoons, your classic yeah. ones, aren't that great overall. They're You know, they're just kind of silly and a couple things happened, and Looney Tunes were better cartoons.
2: Uh, no, uh, okay, I have to say though, however, um, if you've ever seen Mickey Mouse's Jack and the Beanstalk,
3: um, okay, that can be sucks good.
2: Because the, the stupid giant when he's singing about uh, pistachios and my sisters and I still to this day will, with smash Me, with smash Me, with Green Gravy. <laughs> like, the dumbest of things from that stupid movie that we quote just because it was so fantastic. <laughs> well, like, I mean, like, Looney Tunes comes along
3: and they're just better for a lot of the stuff. Maybe it's the... Yeah, I agree. I'm fantasy, not a fan you know.
2: of Mickey Mouse. It drives yeah. me insane that all like a lot of my favorite clothing brands they all have like Mickey Mouse stuff and I'm like I do not want to wear Mickey Mouse. No,
3: but these comics are amazing though for. It. And then I grab uh, Donald Duck goes to Japan. It's Donald Duck and his his friends there from the Three Caballeros. The
0: the. Okay, that parent, sounds amazing.
3: The <laughs> other one. They they work for they work for a company that wants to expand to Asia. They're the worst employees. So their boss ships them to Japan for a year so he doesn't have to deal with them under the excuse of, you're going to open up the Asian market for us. Hmm. And then it's just Adventures in Japan.
2: And it's... drunk. Donald to... Duck comics were always my favorite just because they were ridiculous. They're so good. So good. Donald Duck, did, and Donald Duck and his friends always got to do some really cool things. So, And the three caballeros are amazing.
3: Yeah, th- this was just so much fun. I'm like, what an awesome little comic. And it... It's not, like, cutesy... I mean, okay, Donald Duck American style is totally different because you got Karl Barks and, and, you know, um, oh, many artists. But you look at, like, Donald Duck cartoon outside of um, DuckTales, and I would never guess I would get these amazing comics for it. One, because he can talk, so that helps a lot. <laughs> but the the comic start was so much more fun if anyone sees it in a library or anything like just don't sleep on Disney comics they're actually really freaking good awesome oh and I last one I'm starting it now so I'll be done by next recording Uh, I'm finally reading Dark Ark which is that there was a second Ark trailing behind Noah's Ark with all the unnatural and evil animals of the world. Hmm. And the idea is that that ark has to protect Noah's ark. And if they attack a single animal on Noah's ark, God will sink the dark ark as well, and all of these mythical, magical, evil creatures will be gone from society forever. Hmm. By the way, fun fact the unicorns accidentally got on the wrong ark.
1: <laughs> oh that sucks
3: yeah, but excellent yeah, I mean, there's werewolves, there's vampires, there's manticore there's griffins, like all sorts of cool stuff in it interesting excellent
1: um, alright well real quick for me um, continuing Orville season 3 continuing Better Call Saul and continuing For All Mankind weekly all great shows Orville Season 3, amazing. I can't say enough great things. Um, Also, the San Diego Comic-Con, we got to see the Sandman trailer, the final one, and the House of the Dragon trailer. I'm looking forward to those shows in August. I'm so excited for both of those shows. Um, Trailers look amazing. And last but not least, I finally got around to watching that movie called Old. It's the M Night Shyamalan oh. movie. Yep. Um the, the the
2: graphic novel is so much better.
1: I'll have to check that out. Like I, actually the movie I didn't mind it. I I, I like the you know the twist at the end. Um you know, very Twilight Zone ish. Um mm-hmm. you know M. It's Night an
2: amazing Sh- story. It's a amaz- It's an amazing story. The, the it there's um some really cool um sorry for I'm just no, In on this um in the graphic novel there's some really cool scenes where they compare how close they are in the movie to the actual comic um and the, but I mean there's some things that they did very differently but it's such a good <laughs> it'll the graphic novel I find however I don't know about you guys but when certain images are drawn mm-hmm. so creepily they mm-hmm. sit in your Rain when you're done, like it's just the images that you're like, I can't get this out of my head.
0: Oh
1: yeah, when uh what was it? Issue 100 of Walking Dead. Was that the one where they killed Glenn? Um, I still remember that scene. And then they Can actually they actually did a pretty good job recreating it on the show. That's <laughs> that's when I was still yeah. watching The Walking Dead. I was like, wow, that they did. Because I remember when I read that in the comic book, it disturbed me. It, it really bothered me. It um, bothered
2: me when people got mad at them for doing it. We're like, it's canon. You you yep. can't get mad to death if it's canon.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, like, it was just prior to, they, to that, they did that bait and switch where it looked like Glenn was getting eaten by zombies, but then he survived, and then later, he gets killed by Negan anyway. Um, But, yeah, no, it, uh, as far as the old movie goes, I I actually didn't mind it. It it, it was okay. Um, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but, you know, I didn't mind it. Um, Lillian, what do you have this week for Brain Can?
2: Yes. So, we also caught up with Orville, and I I bulged like a baby on the Dolly Parton episode like apparently we have another episode to watch so which we need to but yeah me too yeah. holy cow look at Seth MacFarlane taking what started off the first like the first season was definitely goofy fun star trekky thing and then he just slapped you in the face with some serious like it's just so good oh beautiful um i've really been enjoying on netflix the lincoln lawyer I haven't seen the original movie with Matthew McConaughey, I believe it was, Yep. but um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The TV series is fantastic. Um, that's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, my hubby and I ended up, we watched, so we ended up watching Jake Gyllenhaal's new movie Ambulance.
3: Okay. And it, it oh. was
2: awful. Oh. <laughs> um, I have so many issues. He was like, this movie's amazing, because he watched it when I was away at a Comic-Con, and he's like, you have to, oh, well, let's sit down and watch this. we're watching and Are there moments where it's actiony, fun? Oh, my goodness. Like, whoa. Yes. Because it's, it's, uh, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy who did Transformers?
1: Oh, Shia LaBeouf? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. It's a Michael oh, Bay Michael. movie. So there's oh. definitely,
2: like, it's Michael Bayish. There's, like, crazy drone shots and, like, oh, my goodness. But when you actually get down to, I have some serious issues with this movie. I have some serious issues with the characters. I have some serious issues. Um, and then to make up for that, the other night we watched The Gray Man with um, <laughs> Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. And oh my gosh, it was so much fun. It was just exactly what was needed. It's the right amount of humor. And I saw this show getting ripped on for something. And I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, it was fun fun we didn't stop laughing. Chris Evans was amazing. Someone said that, you know, Ryan Gosling barely shone or, like, got me shiny time. And I'm like, you know what? He was just... He's the, the badass, like, James Bond dude who just keeps getting hurt and just, like, randomly pulls, like, a, a, a knife out of him. He just looks at it like, ah, oh, damn it. Uh, it's just so good.
1: <laughs> awesome. I'm... I'm looking forward to watching that. That, yeah, because I love Chris Evans. So,
2: no, I think you're gonna love it. Chris Evans plays, you know, it's funny because in the movie Knives Out, Chris Evans played like this complete nutter prat. Yep. He was the douche, and in this show, he just he's so good at channeling that inner toad. Uh, and I mean, those of us who know Chris Evans before Marvel, and you think of him in all his movies, he was always the jock. Yep. Uh, like like even in that movie that that was that um not another teen movie he played yep. that character he was mocking Fred the, the mock freddie prince ju- uh junior character so like chris evans to us we've always known he had this in him mm-hmm. so as he's gotten older it's definitely fun watching him you know he's had his his serious ties it's fun watching him turn a little bit back more into a dork uh, and then i actually i love asian dramas and i started at work today Although, if anybody from work ever listens to this, I was never watching Netflix <laughs> at work. Uh, but I ended up spoiling at the end of the day because they have a new uh, lawyer drama on Netflix, and it's Korean, and she's autistic. Oh, cool. And um, I was watching this going, okay, this is fascinating because it ends up talking about things like you see her issues with clothing and textures and food but my problem is that sometimes I get a little annoyed because as a person with a new, like i I'm a, you know, early, like a late diagnosed autistic brain. Um, it's, we're definitely learning that this spectrum is wide mm-hmm. and you know, I, I get frustrated when I see autistic people relayed in film as that severely like they're on the severe end of things, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know socially awkward no eye contact but the thing is as you get older like you can train yourself and you learn how to do certain things and I mean masking isn't healthy but I get frustrated because people watch this and they're like oh that's autism okay that's perfect they're super smart eidetic memory socially awkward oh yay look the cute autistic person found love yay so I'm, I'm giving this a watch just because so far it's been really good but I'm hoping they don't pigeonhole her if you know what I mean yeah. So that's fine, but that's been us. We've been thoroughly enjoying that. Like um it's been nice. And then unfortunately I got lost in a weird video game called Life is Strange and and, and I've abandoned my husband ever since. <laughs>
3: so
1: Alright. Um well I th- I think we can call this an episode. Um, I but- think so too. But let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. And Lillian, where can
2: we find you? Come and stalk me on Twitter at Talking Squirrel without an A. We don't know what vowels are. So it's Talking Squirrel where we can talk about ADHD and nerdity.
3: Excellent. Uh, Kevin, where can we find you? You can find me at Mask Library. I keep in the A's for those. Um, across most social media, masslibrary.com for my own blog, and occasionally over at the Retro Network for either writing or podcasting.
1: Excellent. Uh, you can catch me on the social medias at chrislock1701, and you can check out my blog. Occasionally I blog, uh, and that is Random randomnerdness at randomnerdness.blogspot.com. Um, all right. So, uh... This was an episode of Geek Fallout, and I want to thank you, dear listener, for listening to Kevin, Lillian, and I talk about uh, what's new in pop culture. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.